state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, so heads up for our listeners in the Bozeman area in particular this morning. Big Looks like a big, big press conference uh, taking place, a big event taking place here later this morning. Uh, Governor Greg Gianforte, Attorney General Austin Knudsen, uh, Gallatin County Sheriff Dan Springer, uh, uh, the head of the DCI, that's the Division of Criminal Investigation here, and then a couple of folks from an organization called the Lifeguard uh, Group are doing an event in Bozeman later this morning uh, highlighting human trafficking and uh, the latest uh, kind of update on the human trafficking investigations uh, that have been taking place, some of the cases they've been uh, honing in on, uh, especially since 2021, some of the new laws on the books that they're using uh, to, to crack down on human traffickers to hold human traffickers accountable, increasing penalties for sex traffickers, giving uh, prosecutors more tools to go after these sex traffickers and much more. But, uh, yeah, I won't be able to make that press conference uh, myself here, unfortunately, uh, later this morning. But thankfully, we've got Governor Greg Gianforte and Attorney General Austin Knudsen uh, joining us uh, here later this hour of the show uh, to talk about this very issue. Uh, so that'll be coming up uh, here uh, oh, in about a half an hour or so, is, I think, when they'll be joining us on the program. So uh, in the meantime, we're going to have the phone lines open for you. If you got something you want to talk about, uh, 406-294-0970, or you can send us a message on our Montana Talks app. We're yeah, kicking off the 8 o'clock hour with open phones. And then uh, we'll have the phone lines open for the entire 9 o'clock hour, our, our, our big statewide uh, show as well, uh, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, of course, we're <laughs> pretty pretty statewide right now. Billings, Bozeman, Great Falls, and Kalispell joining us here for this extra hour of Montana Talks, uh, which uh, we always need because, man, uh, that 9 o'clock hour just flies by. Here's the deal, though. If if I could be uh, at that press conference, here's one question I've been wanting to ask, especially of, of law enforcement in Gallatin County in particular. I thought I shot off an email a while back, but uh, maybe, maybe I didn't, uh, or maybe I didn't hear back. Uh, earlier this week, I was I was kind of joking around about how you know we need to have a public service announcement for all the illegal aliens in Montana because we know they're here. We just don't know how many are here and how Joe Biden is sneaking them into Montana. But we know they're here because we've had what at least five, six illegal aliens just in the past few months alone that we know of that have gotten arrested. In fact, uh, three illegal aliens were arrested. Uh, in a human trafficking sting operation uh, middle of last year, last summer, uh, in uh, Gallatin County in particular. But here, here's kind of one of the questions I wanted to ask uh, or that I would ask at that press conference. Maybe I can uh, sneak it in with our conversation with the governor and the AG as well. Um, but, but particularly, I wanted to ask local law enforcement, okay, we've seen all these illegal aliens get arrested. Wrong way, drunk driving on the interstate, two separate illegals and two separate incidents. We've got drug trafficking. We've got human trafficking. Uh, sting. Have they been deported yet? Are they still here? What's the latest uh, on these uh, illegals in Montana? That's the question I'd have. Securing America. House Speaker Mike Johnson says America is at a breaking point with record levels of illegal immigration, blaming the Biden administration. This doesn't require legislation. It requires leadership. And, and despite the White House's claim, he has all the authority he needs right now under existing federal law 
to stop this madness. Touring Eagle Pass as the Senate tries to reach an agreement on border policies as part of a broader emergency spending bill. If President Biden wants a supplemental spending bill focused on national security, it better begin by defending America's national security. President Biden has expressed a willingness to make policy compromises, but criticized Republicans for blocking his funding request. The GOP's trip to the border came as the Biden administration sued Texas over a law which would allow state officials to arrest migrants for entering the U.S. illegally. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. Minute. What about these new poll numbers? This uh, USA Today Suffolk poll suggests not only is the president losing in a head-to-head to Donald Trump, but he's losing support among young voters, black voters, Hispanic voters, more than we've seen in other recent polls. Fox News White House correspondent Peter Ducey. When we hear from these Biden White House officials, they talk about it like it can't possibly be true because they think in only three years he has done more for African-American voters, Hispanic voters, and young people than any president ever, even across two terms. They specifically look at things like climate change and what they have tried to do with their student loan forgiveness. But as we know, climate is still a problem, and the student loan forgiveness did not go even close to how they said it was going to. So they are not ignoring the polls, but they are definitely dismissing them as, as things that cannot possibly be. I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. All right, so if you go to our Montana Talks website, you can see the full list. You can see how everybody voted, Democrat or Republican. Here's what I thought was funny. So the Montana Freedom Caucus put out a call for a special session of the legislature to deliver additional property tax relief, just like the legislature already delivered on property tax relief. The Democrats claimed they wanted a special session last July. They claimed to care about property taxes, but yet they voted no. That story, MontanaTalks.com. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, yeah, so uh, we got the Attorney General Austin Knudsen and Governor Greg Gianforte joining us here later this hour of the show. We're going to talk about human trafficking, the stepped-up penalties, the stepped-up prosecutions uh, uh, that are going on that are underway as we speak. Uh, and, yeah, that, that's that's the big question that I would have for local law enforcement in particular is – so so what's happening with it? I mean, obviously they're being pro- prosecuted. I'm assuming they probably have to remain in the country until the prosecution is complete. But, you know, we've got multiple illegal aliens uh, that are being prosecuted for various crimes, three of whom are being prosecuted for human trafficking. Uh, they were arrested in a human trafficking sting operation last summer in Bozeman. And what Attorney General Austin Knutson told us about that that sting operation that was really interesting is these three uh, that some of these illegal aliens that were arrested in that sting operation uh, they were they were showing up to solicit a prostitute, but they didn't have any money with them, but they had weapons with them. And so the attorney general talked about how how shocking this was, uh, how shocking this should be, because that shows that they had uh, an even greater criminal intent. Uh, they, they weren't just soliciting services. Who knows what they were what they were planning to do? Were they planning uh, to force, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
to force uh, basically to rape uh, their victims? Were they planning to try to kidnap uh, these victims and and embroil them in a, a in a further human trafficking scheme? And so, uh, so anyway, that, that that's a that's a big story. But I, I do want to know. Okay, so of all these illegal aliens. Uh, are they? What's what's the latest there? Have they been deported? Are they still going through the criminal process in Gallatin Valley through the courts? Uh, and uh, how many illegal aliens are in Montana? What what can be done to track how many illegal aliens are in the state right now? It's hard to know given the the ongoing invasion that Joe Biden and John Tester are allowing to take place. Since we're talking law and justice here, uh, let's get let's get into some Montana crime statistics here as well. Uh, this was some. Uh, interesting numbers. Uh, I saw Chris Averill shared this via Twitter, via X.com. New Montana statistics show violence decreased in 2023. Uh, this is a report here from NBC Montana showing a, a big decrease in violent crime. Now, isn't that kind of interesting? So the, the Republican supermajority in the Montana legislature and the governor uh, is signing these bills into law. They, they have... Uh, increased penalties on criminals and drug traffickers and human traffickers and now we're seeing um some violent crime go down i and you, you mean to tell me that if we actually crack down on criminals that we might actually lower violent crime that's a it's an amazing concept here you go though nbc montana uh looked into the number of violent crimes here's what the data shows According to the Montana Board of Crime Control, murders decreased by 38.6%. In 2022, there were 57 murders compared with 35 murders in 2023. Rape saw the second largest decrease, uh, down by 29.3% uh, in 2022. 570 rapes were reported compared with 403 rapes reported in 2023. Uh, Aggravated assault decreased by 602 with uh, just under 4,000 assaults in 2022. So that's very interesting uh, with a violent crime down, uh, you know, murders uh, down near 39 percent, rape down uh, uh, nearly 30 percent uh, from 20 from uh, 2023 compared to 2022. Now, I, I think what would really be interesting is, is to also compare these numbers over a longer period of time. And then and look at the numbers per capita as well, because so you think about it. I mean, our, our population increased significantly. Uh, you know, we, we saw it particularly in 2020. We saw a lot of people flee these other states to move into Montana. That continued into 2021 and into 2022. It might be slowing now uh, in, in 23 and in, and in 24. But nonetheless, think about how much our population has increased and yet total numbers of violent crime. Uh, and rape and, and other uh, assaults are down, even though we've had a, in, a dramatic increase in population. And so the per capita number, uh, the, the, the decrease in a per capita basis might be very interesting. But I also think we need to look at, at the numbers over a longer period of, of time, because one thing that we saw in this country, uh, you know, what else happened in 2020? You had the George Floyd riots and the attacks on law enforcement. Uh, that uh, you know was was infecting people all across this country, and and we saw we saw this huge uptick in crime and in violent crime uh, after. 
the George Floyd riots in particular. And then, of course, all of the craziness that came with the covid lockdowns and the covid mandates. Those drove uh, drove people even crazier, too. So I think I think the combination of the covid craziness with the George Floyd riots and the anti-law enforcement propaganda that was spewed by the liberal media mob, all of that, I think, helped fuel uh, fuel this this increase in crime and in, in violent crime in particular. So it'd be interesting to see. Uh, naturally, you would expect some of this stuff to, to start to come down after the big shocks and, and upswings in 2020 and in 2021 across the country. So how would this compare, though, especially on a per capita basis, say, going going back 10 plus years or 10 years, 20 years, you know, long term time frame so that we can see what these uh, what these violent crime trends are, are really looking like here. Anyway, I thought that w- uh, was interesting. So wanted to share that one with you. Phone lines are open, 406-294-0970. Anything and everything you want to talk about. And then we'll get to the governor and the attorney general later on this hour of the show. Or you can also message us on our Montana Talks app in the meantime. i got a lot of things I can talk about, uh, but where do you think we should start? You tell us. Uh, we'll start there next. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we got a message here on the Montana Talks app from Steve in Billings. Steve says this, uh, the crime numbers are great to hear. However, the decrease is surprising to hear from me living in Billings with the increase in gang activity. Yeah, I hear you, Steve. Yeah, I, it'd be interesting to see a a town-by-town breakdown of these of these crime stats as well because, uh, yeah, I remember when we were talking about all of the, the youth gang activity in particular uh, last fall. Uh, earlier in the fall, we were talking, you know, with the head of the DEA at the time, Stacy Zinn, and uh, Billings Police Chief Rich St. John, you know, uh, Chief St. John made a good point. He said, yeah, we, we were starting to see a decrease in, in, in violent crime uh, in Yellowstone County in particular. And but then, as, as he pointed out, he said, we're only one weekend away uh, from that all changing. And then what, you know, within a, a month or two, I think it was all of a sudden, boom, you started seeing these of these shootings taking place, and uh, several of which were all gang-related, gang-connected, and and drugs involved, and much more. And so, a uh, good point there. It'd be interesting to see a, a breakdown uh, uh, on a city basis. All right, hey, I threw out the uh, the question to you. What do you want to talk about? Where do you what do you think we should talk about next? And then, uh, so we got the phone lines open for you right now. Four zero six two nine four zero nine seventy. Looks like somebody's calling in right now. Let me get to a, to a story in the meantime. This was one thing um, I, I, I forgot to bring up. Uh, I was chatting with our friend David Noble, uh, who did a great job filling in for us on the show last week. And we were talking about how, you know, the radical left is trying to remove uh, President Donald J. Trump off the ballot in 2024. And, you know, he had a great phone call last week from Candy in Missoula. And Candy and Missoula made a really good point. They're claiming that President Trump launched an insurrection. And, and the point Candy and Missoula was making is, was, wait a minute, he was the president of the United States. He was the government. They're claiming that he was throwing it, uh, that he was overthrowing his own government. 
And and the point that I made with David was, you know, why, why I thought this was such a good point is it would be like accusing the captain of the ship of launching a mutiny against his own ship. No, a, a mutiny is when somebody else uh, tries to take out the captain of the ship. You can't accuse the captain of the ship for uh, staging a mutiny. When he's the captain of the ship, I mean, that's, you know, David's a smart lawyer. I, I'm just, a, a, you know, a Joe Schmo here on the radio. So that was my, my layman's uh, way of looking at things, right? Um, and then Alina Haba made another good point here. Alina Haba is uh, one of President Trump's attorneys. She made a great point about just how absurd it is that they're accusing him of of launching an insurrection, but yet... He hasn't been uh, formally charged with this, right? He hasn't been in, in, in a court. Uh, he certainly hasn't been convicted of this, right? So how can they sentence him by removing him off the ballot when he hasn't been convicted of uh, the charge? To me, the law is very clear. You can, you know, there's due process. There's rights to trial. There's rights to be heard. You can't call someone an insurrectionist that never did an insurrection that's never been guilty of an insurrection it's un-american it's ridiculous and it's frankly election interference at its finest yeah great point there by trump attorney alina haba but here here was the other thing that i wanted to add uh to this uh, conversation as well here uh because uh i, I think it's it, there's also a, a big montana angle here now so uh many of you know this that that montana senator steve daines is now the chairman of the national republican senatorial committee now i think we all have our complaints with with the way uh you know with with the lack of support for republican candidates for the senate back in the in the 2020 elections right or in, or in 2022 in particular actually in the 2022 elections right uh and and that hey you know they weren't the nrsc back then wasn't that pro-trump and so they weren't they weren't given enough support to the pro Trump or the Trump backed candidates at the time. Well, much different story now that Montana Senator Steve Daines, who is very pro Trump, is running the NRSC. Uh, and in, in fact, for those who 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 uh, missed the news, when Joe Manchin, the Democrat senator from West Virginia, announced that he was no longer going to run for reelection, this was big news. Because what that means is now Republicans are, are, are very likely to win that seat. So what that means is that now taking out liberal Senator John Tester is the number one race in the country. And, and how – and two days – I think it was a day or two before Joe Manchin made that announcement that he wasn't going to be seeking reelection. I had Steve Daines on the radio with us here on Montana Talks, and he predicted that Manchin – was not going to run for re-election. Well, you know why he could make that prediction? Because Steve Daines knew, because he works very closely with, with former President Donald Trump. He's, he was one of the early uh, backers of Donald J. Trump for 2024, already endorsed him months ago, just like Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy endorsed Donald J. Trump several months ago. Senator Daines knew that if he, that if he could get Trump to publicly endorse the candidate more likely to win in West Virginia, that that alone would be enough to scare Joe Manchin out of the race. And that's exactly what happened. 
Uh, so anyway, back to back to the uh, the Trump ballot case here. Uh, the New York Times uh, has has a big story out here that the National Republican Senatorial Committee is now filing a brief in support of President Trump's Colorado ballot appeal. So this is yet another reminder of 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 why I think you know Senator Steve Daines is running the NRSC in the right direction with the effort of of not just winning back Republican control of the Senate, but also making sure uh, that uh, that uh, you know, that they stand up to the to the never Trumpers out there as well that are trying to throw Donald J. Trump off the ballot. So so uh, so basically the the NRSC. Uh, has now stepped in. They have now weighed in in support of Trump's Colorado ballot appeal. And uh, they said this in particular in their brief, quote, the right of all citizens to participate in free and fair elections and to vote for the candidate of their choice is the Constitution's bedrock guarantee of American democracy. The Colorado Supreme Court's decision barring President Trump from the Republican Party's primary election ballot breaches that guarantee. And if left standing, threatens to thwart the democratic process and the will of the American people in 2024 and beyond. For that reason, uh, Amakai support uh, President Trump's uh, petition for a writ of certiorari and reversal of the Colorado Supreme Court's unconstitutional decision. Uh, let's see. Notre Dame law professor Derek Muller wrote on X, uh, this NRSC amicus brief in Trump Colorado ballot case by Noel Francisco and others at Jones Day is a very plausible, perhaps the most likely path forward for the court to reverse, relying on a U.S. term limits adjacent argument. NRSC chairman Steve Daines has repeatedly attacked the decisions by Colorado and Maine as illegal and as election interference. All right, uh, let's get into the phone calls here. We've got Frank in Evergreen. Frank, good to hear from you. What's on your mind this morning? Oh, I want to tell you about a time when I was a janitor. I worked at the state capitol as well as at the hospital here in Kalispell. And there was a time uh, off the coast of France, there was a bunch of bunch fish or that was uh, coming into the beaches with, from a red tide. And the French decided to make a product, a, a dry carpet cleaner, and they used the sponge to uh, uh, add, to sprinkle onto the short pile carpets. And it, um, and you don't have, have to vacuum it completely up. You just leave it there for a while. But it, it affected everybody's, um, or people's with immune uh, deficiencies and COVID, I'm not non-COVID, but it's just making people more allergic. They would, uh, so they had all sorts the of chemicals that, that the French were using were, were causing, uh, causing issues. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, there are still today many products that are recalled because of this, because it's, it's leaving bacteria on these short carpet, uh, uh, carpets. And it's all through nursing homes, senior centers, you look at the, uh, these carpets, they're, they're filthy because they don't want to get them wet with regular shampoo and have someone fall and trip. So it's just, in, they, it, sometimes it's years before they even replace uh, the carpets, but they, they never get cleaned. So when was so, that so, French uh, When was that French story from? What uh, year? I think it was about uh, early 90s. 
Oh, okay. Well, uh, my uh, assumption is that, that is, is that the the people running these facilities have uh, figured out a way to use better products or or, or update well, their cleaning habits since then. Devious, it's still devious. They're using all sorts of uh, chemicals that does the same thing. So it's uh, uh, you just look at the product recalls a dry carpet uh, cleaner. Oh, okay. And it's amazing. Huh. Anyway. And what prompted this uh, topic to come to your mind today? Well, I just a lot of people think they have. COVID symptoms, so they'll go to the hospital, but then they'll let turn out to get worse. They probably will get COVID sometimes, you know, especially this time of the season, you know, after the holidays when kids bring it all home from schools and everywhere else. But, yeah, a whole bunch. Of, there's a, there's been a lot going around this holiday season. Yeah, flu and, and, and all sorts of things, that's for sure. All right. Well, Frank, thanks for the phone call. Uh, yeah, like coming up uh, after the break, uh, we'll chat with Montana Governor Greg Gianforte and Attorney General Austin Knutson. And then later on in the 9 o'clock hour, we've got the phone lines open for the entire 9 o'clock hour as well. If you got something you want to talk about here on Montana Talks, the show where you get to talk. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, man, I'm short on time. I'm hearing the music. Okay, we'll get to the governor and the attorney general right after this. We're talking about uh, the the increased efforts to go after human traffickers, uh, more tools for law enforcement, more tools for prosecutors. Uh, you name it, we'll start there right after this quick break right here on Montana Talks. And you can message us on the app in the meantime as well. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana Talks. All right. I, I know I mentioned that uh, Attorney General Austin Knutson uh, would be joining us on the show, but I I think he'll actually be at the press conference later this morning. I uh, But he may not be joining us on the, sh- on the show right now, so I, I might have slightly miscommunicated that one. But that's all right. We get a chance to catch up with the, the AG uh, very often. He's very good about coming on the show and taking phone calls from listeners and much more. Great to have uh, Montana Governor Greg Gianforte now with us. Uh, Governor, first off, Happy New Year to you. Yeah, and uh, hope you enjoyed the uh, the Christmas season. Yeah, Aaron, thanks for having me on. And again, Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. And I, you're absolutely right. Attorney General Knutson has done a tremendous job in pros- in getting after uh, human trafficking here in the state, and that's really what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it. It's always great on a show like this. You know, we've we've had people, for example, we we had people call into the show and and they've lost loved ones from fentanyl or or from methamphetamines or or there's been a family breakup from from both of the above drugs that I just mentioned. And and you'll have people say You'll have people say, "Well, well, what are they doing about this? Or are, are, are they going to go after these these fentanyl dealers?" And I said, "Well, actually, that's you know, uh, we have great information for it because yes, they are doing that. They, in fact, they're using these new laws that are on the books to go after and crack down on these these drug dealers, for example. And and in fact, when the AG was on with us at, at one point, he talked about a, a case out of Custer County where they were able to use new laws signed in, in into law by by the by you by the governor to to stack these 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 multiple deaths involving fentanyl and go after the drug dealer in a, in a much bigger way yeah so what we're doing later this morning i'll be with the attorney general uh the sheriff from gallatin county the police chief from belgrade really to increase awareness january is human trafficking awareness month in montana and here's the tragic 
uh, fact, Aaron, since 2021, the number of human trafficking cases in Montana has doubled. Human trafficking cases have doubled in Montana since 2021. It's a direct result of Biden's weak policies at the southern border. These are cartels operating here. You're right. It's intertwined with the drug trade. And working with the attorney general and the legislature, we really strengthened law enforcement's ability to deal with human trafficking. We increased the penalties. We provided the prosecutors more tools. And we expanded the definition so that uh, nobody can escape justice. Yeah, and one of the uh, one of the ways that this new law was able to be really put to use uh, last summer, I think it was, there was a big human trafficking sting operation uh, that took place. It was a joint state uh, local effort uh, that they did in Gallatin County, and and eighteen individuals were arrested. Three were illegal aliens, uh, and this was a uh, human trafficking sting operation. Uh, involving at least one one underage individual, if I recall right as well. Yeah, and that's right. The sheriff's going to be talking about that at our press conference today. Jody Etchert carried the bill at the request of the attorney general, and I was very proud to sign it into law. What does House Bill 112, this is the bill that was sponsored by Representative Jody Etchart out of Billings, what, what does this bill do in particular that, that helps strengthen Montana's human trafficking laws? Well, three things. First, It increased the penalties for self-sex trafficking. Secondly, it provided additional tools to prosecutors uh, to prosecute sex trafficking. And it expanded the definition. Uh, We had a fairly narrow definition in the law. And what it meant was these higher penalties didn't apply to all human trafficking cases. We broadened that definition so that more criminals are held accountable. Yeah, I was uh, I was recalling we had a story on our Montana Talks website uh, earlier this week. Human trafficking in Montana: these six signs to watch for. Uh, and this was uh, based off of a uh, information that was shared by Attorney General Austin Knutson's office. You know, I think I think people are more aware of. of of how how big of an issue human trafficking is here in Montana, but it really took several years of effort to 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 uh, educate people on just how big of a, of an issue human trafficking is here in Montana because we are such a crossroads for commercial activity and 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 so so people definitely want to know what the signs are, what they need to watch for, what they need to be aware of. Yeah, and and this is every, we need everyone watching this this uh, heinous crime has been in the shadows, and we need to shine a bright light on it. That's why I'm proud of what Town Pump and the Canellis have done to put notices in restrooms across the state so that young gals that are trapped in human trafficking know how to get help for themselves. Uh, the beer and wine distributors have now trained all their delivery drivers, so when they pull up to a truck stop or maybe the back of a convenience store or a bar, they're trained to to look for the signs of human trafficking. and But everybody can do this. And if, and if you see something uh, that doesn't look right, maybe at a, a, a gas station or a truck stop, call 911. Get law enforcement there before that young gal gets put back in a car and trafficked somewhere else. Uh, I noticed uh, a couple of the folks that are going to be at your press conference here later this morning. Uh, they're with an organization called the Lifeguard Group. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Lifeguard Group and what they do. 
Yeah, so uh, Lowell there, the founder, uh, really is is raising awareness on human trafficking. They do that. They were the ones that did the training for all the beer and wine distributor truck drivers. Um, they also run a recovery home for women that are exiting uh, human trafficking to help them get back on their feet. Uh, and so this is part of the solution. We need to do two things. One is we need to raise awareness, number one, so uh, we can spot it when it's happening. Number two, we got to hold the traffickers accountable and bring them to justice. And third, we got to provide help and assistance for the women who have been manipulated in this way. That's what the lifeguard group. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Brittany at her campaign. That's another nonprofit here in the state uh, that uh, uh, is helping women that are exiting uh, being trafficked. Well, if folks missed it, too, around the holidays, uh, just before Christmas, I know you did your 12 Days of Giving uh, campaign to highlight a lot of uh, great organizations like a couple of these that we that we mentioned here. Uh, you donate your salary. You give that back uh, to the people of Montana, to, to various organizations. Uh, and I can't, I can't remember if, if one of these was, was one of the organizations that you that you had given to, but I, I know uh, you've supported uh, supported them over the years. Yeah, and I did. I gave a, a quarter of my salary last year to the lifeguard group. They're doing fantastic work. If if this is something that's close to your heart, I, I would enjoy to in, uh, encourage you to investigate. If you like what you see, uh, consider supporting their work. Um, they Again, they're helping young women and adults who have been trapped in human trafficking get back on their feet and recover. You mentioned it right out of the gates. We know that there is a nexus between human trafficking and drug trafficking and the Mexican drug cartels. Obviously, there's there's trafficking uh, separate from the drug cartels and what they're doing on the ground uh, here in the West, but but th- but that is is a big part of it. When you see now that the Biden administration, you know, uh, apparently they don't have they don't they have all the time in the world to to file lawsuits against the state of Texas. The state of Texas is trying to protect our country from this illegal uh, immigrant invasion uh, and everything else that gets associated with it. But yet the Biden administration, uh, despite all of the other threats going on uh, all over the world, they have time to sue Texas and to stop Texas from securing our border. Well, Aaron, it's just it's so absurd. I mean, the, the number one job of the federal government is national defense, and a country without a border is no country at all. In December alone, just just last month, 300,000 people crossed the southern border illegally. That's almost one-third of the population of Montana. We have to bring this to an end. This is big business. It's Mexican cartels that are trafficking people across the border and trafficking drugs. Those are their two lines of revenue for the cartels. It's human trafficking and it's drug trafficking. And uh, the Biden administration has been complicit because they've done nothing. Well, I know one of the questions, and I apologize, I can't make the press conference later this morning, but one of the questions I wanted to ask local law enforcement in particular is, you know, especially when it comes to human trafficking, we know that illegal aliens, uh, three of them, uh, were, were arrested as part of this human trafficking sting operation in Gallatin County. Uh, what's the latest on them? Have they been prosecuted? Have they been deported? Uh, but that, I know that's more of a question for local law enforcement. But, but it, it really is hard to know just how many illegal aliens are here in Montana, given the the, deceptu- uh, the, de- the deceiving path the Biden administration has taken. Well, uh, Sheriff Dan Springer, the Gallatin County Sheriff, will be at the press conference. I'm, I'm sure that question, I'm going to ask him specifically, uh, what, what tools we put in this box 
helped him arrest these 18 people that were human traffickers. And you may well, Aaron, get him on your show. I'm sure he'd love to talk to you. Yeah, about. we got to get him on again. No, that'd be great. Uh, that'd be great. I know we uh, we had the, the, the Bozeman police uh, a police captain on at the time uh, who played a big role in the investigation as well. So, no, great, great opportunity for a follow-up. All right, we got to take a quick break here on Montana Talks. I, the governor may have to run. I'll check in with him, see if he can join us for a few more minutes. And then we'll have the phone lines open for you uh, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Anyway, so the impeachment hearings for Mayorkas are set to begin on January 10th. The Homeland Security Committee holding their first impeachment hearing on the 10th, according to the committee chairman. In this case, it's Tennessee Republican Mark Green. And after they finish their investigation in December, Green said House Republicans have enough evidence to impeach Mayorkas. And he misused taxpayer dollars, ignored border security regulations. And then he, on top of it, he lied to the American people because he went out and said it. Biden went out and said it. Harris went out and said it. The border czar, Corinne Jean-Pierre has said it. Circle back Jen Psaki at the time said it, that the border is closed and the border is secure. Anything, none of which is true. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. This is the Montana Economic Minute. COVID changed plenty of things in the economy and in our society. Many of them have changed back. Schools are back to in-person. Airports and highways are busy. And e-commerce is still a big deal, but it's gone back to its pre-COVID trend. One of the biggest changes has, in fact, lived on, and that is remote work. The share of days work from home is stabilized at roughly 28% in the national economy, roughly five times as high as it was before COVID. Most medium or larger employers today have three types of employees, fully remote, fully on-site, and hybrid workers who combine the two. You don't see it everywhere. College-educated workforces are twice as likely to be employed in hybrid settings. Those in tech and finance are also more remote, as are younger workplaces. Workers say they are happier, but in the case of fully remote workers, the evidence is that they are slightly less productive. And the data show that the use of golf courses on weekdays is up by 28% over 2019. You figured out. I'm Patrick Barkey. GE. Clean nose. Healthy life. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. 
All right, just a few more minutes here with Montana Governor Greg Gianforte. Uh, yeah, I was, I was going to ask the governor, you know, hey, you know, looking back on 2023, looking ahead to 2024, what a massive election year 2024 is going to be, not just the presidential election, but governor, uh, of course, you're up for re-election this year. Every statewide office uh, in Montana is on the ballot, a big Senate race, congressional races, and more. Uh, but I also just got the news uh, that... Uh, the uh, the shot show is having another governor's panel discussion and so looks like we'll see you at the shot show in in vegas uh to highlight montana's gun industry once again so we'll look forward to seeing you down there well it'll be it'll be great it's a, it's a, uh it, i'm so proud of montana manufacturers both firearms and ammunition uh we we have more firearms and ammunition manufacturers per capita than any other state in the country and many of them are going to be down there at the show. I got part of our recruiting efforts at the Department of Commerce have been to to chase firearms and ammunition manufacturers in states that aren't so friendly to the Second Amendment uh, and let them know we got a home here for them. So I, I would just say stay tuned. Uh, we have some announcements coming up in the next couple of months about uh, additional manufacturing uh, decisions that are being made about investments here in Montana to expand existing operations and to add new manufacturers that are moving here from other states. When you look ahead to 2024, aside from, of course, being reelected governor, what what's your focus? What's what's your what's the big thought that came over uh, to your mind over the holidays? Well, we, you know, we've we've made so much progress in three years. Uh, I think you've heard me say it many times. Football games are won with three to five yard plays. So as we looked and have done a, did our year end planning for this year, we identified some very specific things that we need to do. You know, we have an obligation as a state to provide a safety net for individuals that hit a rough patch. Uh, there's a number of programs that are administered through the Department of Labor and Industry, Department of Commerce, DPHHS. One of our goals is to move people to self-sufficiency. People want the dignity that comes from providing for themselves. We need these programs. The safety net has to be there, but it should not be a hammock. It should be a trampoline to help people get back on their feet. We've made some good changes that are helping in that regard, uh, and we're seeing it show up in more people in the workforce. We have more people working in Montana than ever before, uh, and that it does contribute to a very low unemployment number, uh, but that means people can find jobs. So uh, you'll see more of the same. There's not going to be any big surprises. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, I don't, I don't want to give it too much uh, play because that's usually these people that, that phone in these bomb threats. They just want more attention. But I saw not only was the Montana Capitol evacuated yesterday over a threat, but apparently this was a coordinated effort all across the country. It was. Most of the capitals were involved. But, you know, say thank you to law enforcement. They showed up with their bomb-sniffing dogs went through, and within a very short period of time, they cleared the building, and everybody got back to work. So uh, it's just, it's unfortunate we live in a time where, uh, you know, there's people out there doing stupid things. That's right. Uh, less than a minute to go here. Uh, God, the Montana State Bobcats, what was it, just two years ago? They were in Frisco, Texas, playing in the national championship. And then this Sunday, the Montana Grizzlies, uh, back in Frisco, Texas, playing in the national championship. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled that I'm going to be able to go down and be with the Grizz uh, down there for the game. Uh, I, I did have a conversation with uh, Governor Nome, talking a little smack. I sent her a picture of a <laughs> grizzly bear standing on its high feet holding a dead jackrabbit. So uh, we have a little wager on the game. Uh, 
And I'm confident the Grizz are going to come through for us. Well, you, you've already got a jackrabbit kind of mounted on your wall at your house in Bozeman, I think, don't you? So, so uh, maybe another a, w- a winter fa- a winter phase jackrabbit. Are you going to deliver this hide to the FWP for us as well? Then maybe after the after the game on Sunday, I don't <laughs> we'll know. We'll see how that goes. Those those jackrabbits, oh man, they're pretty quick. I tell you what, uh, but uh, yeah, just uh, but what an honor to have a Montana team playing once again, Governor. Great to chat with you as always. My pleasure. All right. Uh, phone lines are open at the 9 o'clock hour. Coming up on Wednesday's Montana Talks, earlier this week we had our New Year's Day special where we caught up with former State Senator John Brennan out of Scobie and Greg Franks, the proprietor of the Summit Cigar Lounge in Billings. We sat down, had a great chat about Montana political history, but then we really started getting into the conversation about the 2024 U.S. Senate race. So I'm going to share that extended clip of our conversation coming up on Wednesday's Montana Talks. Plus, we'll have some time for your phone calls. Montana Talks, statewide, 9 to 10. KB 